want you to look in John chapter 4. I know I've preached out of this passage before, and this is really one of my favorite passages to preach out of. I, I really enjoy preaching out of John chapter 3 and John chapter 4. John chapter 3 is Jesus Christ talking to Nicodemus, and John chapter 4 is the Lord Jesus talking to this woman of Samaria at Jacob's well. And I can't think of two passages as far as uh, examples, as far as the Lord trying to uh, talk to somebody about who he is and his saving power and his saving grace. I can't think of two passages that are greater than these two passages. There's a lot of passages in the Bible that explain the details. They explain the doctrines of salvation. But as far as actually witnessing to somebody, John 3 and John 4 is where it's at in my mind. It's, that's just my personal opinion. And so I, for that reason, I really love to preach about these things. And so let's take a look here in John chapter 4. And you pray for me this morning. But John chapter 4, look verse 5. The Bible said, Then cometh he, talking about Jesus Christ, to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son, Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away unto the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him. And he would have given thee living water. The woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank thereof himself, and his children, and his cattle? And let me just answer that question. In short, the answer to that question is yes. He is. He much better. He said before Abraham was. He told them Pharisees. He said before Abraham was, I am. Not I was, I am. That's, a, that's an enormous statement about the eternity of the man that was standing right in front of him. I am. Yes, sir. I'm not going to elaborate too much. I might preach on that, but we want to preach this sermon. Verse 13, Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. Jesus saith unto her, Go, call thy husband and come hither. That was a setup. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband, for thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband, and that saidest thou truly. The woman saith unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. I wonder what gave that away. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship Jesus saith unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship, you know not what. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh and now is when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The woman saith unto him, I know that Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. 
when he has come, he will tell us all things. Jesus saith unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. He said, look no further. He's right in front of you. Yes, sir. And that's who he is this morning. He is the Lord Jesus Christ, is he not? Yes, sir. Father, Lord, we pray, God, that you help us this morning. God, pray that you'd lead us, God, and guide us. Lord, help me to preach this, Lord, as I ought to preach. I pray that you'd bless these folks here this morning, God. I pray that you'd give them strength. God, give them the ability to understand, Lord. I pray that you'd help, Lord, if there's somebody here that's not saved, I pray that you'd deal with their hearts and help them, God, to see their need for a Savior. Help them, God, to see their lost condition before the Lord Jesus Christ, before God in heaven, Lord, and help them to see the sufficiency of the blood atonement of the Lord Jesus Christ. We'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now look back up in verse five. He said, then cometh he, this is John four, verse five. It says, then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. And he said, Jacob's well was there, and Jesus therefore being wearied with his journey sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. And verse 7, he says, There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. And I'm sure this lady had come out to that well several times before this day that Jesus Christ was sitting there. You know, people tend to get into a routine of things. You know, you folks are sitting here this morning, and I hope I hope you'll be back tonight. That's where you should be tonight. And maybe you'll be back on Wednesday night and be in Sunday school, all that stuff. But you got a routine that happens throughout your week, do you not? you got a place where you go to work, and you may not work for somebody. You may work for yourself or may be retired and you work around the house. I saw my daddy this past week and he said this, he said this stuff about retiring and having all this free time. He said, that's malarkey. He said, there ain't no such truth to that at all. He said, when you retire, he said, you just get busier. And, you know, but whatever the case may be for you, listen, you got your little routine. You got something that you do on a day-to-day basis. You got something, some things that you've got to take care of. And it's just clipping off. And it's just clipping off and going through the motions. And, you know, when folks get into that mindset, really what they're doing is they're living in the realm of the natural. You're living in, in, in terms of things that you can see, things that you can touch, and things that you hear. It's just a natural life. That's uh, whether, whether you're saved or whether you're lost. You're going to probably get up tomorrow morning and go work your job, and you're going to do that. But that's exactly what this woman right here in John chapter 4 is doing. She's getting up in the morning, going down to the well before it gets hot, and she's going down there to get some, get some water. She's got some uh, carnal needs that she's got to take care of. You can't live too long without some water. You get to a place to where it smells like rotten eggs. Huh? And you'll, you'll know, boy, boy, I got to find me some water in a hurry. Uh, the church used to sit here. It sits here on this property, and we got a water system in here, that hydrogen peroxide, and it's supposed to take out all that rotten egg smell. Every once in a while, I get down there and shave my face over here in the fellowship hall, and boy, you can still smell that rotten eggs. Uh, somebody tells me that that's a good natural antibiotic, but I have yet to really take them at their word. I'm a little bit afraid uh, to put that stuff in my mouth. I ain't never smelled rotten eggs and said... Smells like an antibiotic to me. Oh, I kind of looked at that stuff and said, but this lady, all she's doing is she's just going through the motions. And that, you know, that's what a lot of people's life really consists of. It just consists of going through the motions. This gal had been down to the well day after day after day after day after day. She'd take it back home. She'd drink all that water, and she got to go down and get another trip. She's got to get another dose of that water. She's got to have her carnal needs met. But one day she goes down to the well, and there's somebody sitting right there off to the side. 
Some mysterious man sitting there alone. And you know, the day that you got saved, I guarantee you what was going on through your mind was just going through the motions. Well, I got to get up this morning and figure out what I'm going to eat for breakfast and what I'm going to eat for dinner and what I'm going to eat for supper and what I'm going to eat for a midnight snack. And I got to figure out, you know, whose grass I'm going to cut today. And I got to figure out whose trash I got to pick up today and whose car I got to work on today. And that's what was going through your mind. And then all of a sudden, somewhere along the that little routine that you had. You found somebody sitting by the way. The same place you've been every day. The same place. The same things that you've been going through on a regular basis. You found somebody sitting there just right there. Right there where you always visited. And he said, hey, uh, what's going on with you today? In this lady's case, he, she sat there and, uh, or he sat there and he said, uh, how about something to drink? She said, you ain't got nothing to put no water in. What do you mean give you a drink? She said, you ain't got nothing to pull any water up out of this well. What do you mean give you something to drink? Hmm? Uh, this lady just, she's going, going through with the natural realm of things. She's coming to get, get a drink, just going along and existing. She got one more impulse, one more fleshly need. That's all, that's all, that's all she knows how to live. You know, a lost man, a lost woman, listen, if you're sitting here this morning and you lost and on, on your way to hell, listen, if you backslid this morning, you know what the only thing you're concerned about this morning is just one more impulse. They're going to come a time here about, oh, I don't know, maybe about 20 minutes and the clock will strike 12 and the only thing that's going to be on your mind is, what about that pot roast that's sitting in the crock pot down at the house? Huh? That's how people live. That's how we are. That's the way that we think. That's the way that we dwell. You say, what is that? That's just living naturally. That's just going through the motions, just doing what we always do. The Bible talks about those kind of folks in the book of Jude. There's only one chapter in the book of Jude, but let me read it to you. Jude verse 10, the Bible said, But these speak evil of things which they know not, but what they know naturally as brute beasts and those things they corrupt themselves. I got two stupid dogs, man. They're, they're as dumber, just as dumb as a barrel of hammers, man. And you know what them dogs think about all day? And I can prove it. You know what they think about all day? What am I going to eat? Where am I going to sleep? And how, how am I going to be comfortable? That's about all they think about. And you know, that's about what some people think about. That's all that some people think about. What am I going to eat? Where am I going to sleep? And how can I be comfortable? You say, oh, no, Brother Nathan, I think about where I'm going to work. You do that because you want to know what you're going to eat and where you're going to sleep and how you can be comfortable. Huh? If you could have somebody pay for your electric bill and pay for your grocery bill, huh? And pay for your housing. Uh, you wouldn't go to work if you could get away with it. Now, some of you would go to work, but that's because your mama whooped you enough times and said, get out there and go to work. This is Mother's Day, ain't it? Uh, mama pulled off her belt and she said, you better get out there and work. But you know, listen, if you could get away with it and if you didn't have that training, if you didn't have that raising, you'd sit around and just, what am I going to eat? Where am I going to sleep? And how can I be comfortable? You know what that is? That's folks just living naturally. That's folks just going through the regular routine of life. And you know, this lady, she went down there going through that normal routine and somebody interrupted her. Somebody got up all in her grill, so to speak. Somebody put his nose in her business and said, hey, what you doing down here? Getting down there, getting ready to take some, uh, some of those little bolts. I, I forget what they call them, but those little, uh, those little uh, not bolts, but I guess they call them nuts or washers off of those little uh, hubcaps to take them tires off. You're changing tires, and somebody leaning over your shoulders and saying, what you doing down here? Well, I'm trying to work for a dime so I can get me something to eat. 
uh, somebody out there cutting grass, riding one of these, you know, big fancy. My kids asked me yesterday, you know, how much money is one of these mowers? I think it was my daughter. She said, how much money is one of these mowers? Is it about the price of a car? I said, some of them are. Uh, some, you, hey, some of them got air conditioning, I imagine. I know some of them tractors do, but you say somebody out there, you know, riding one of those zero-turn mowers, and they're out there riding, and somebody come along and say, hey, what you doing out here? Well, I'm working for a dime so I can get me something to eat. Mm -hmm. That's what folks is doing. They're just going through the routine. And, you know, they're not thinking about anything that has to do with God. They're not thinking about where they're going to spend eternity. They're not thinking about, you know, what's going on with Billy or Susie down the road as far as, hey, they've got cancer. All they're thinking about is just, hey, this is life, just going and enduring the daily grind. And this is just the way it's going to be until I get planted in the ground. And then somebody come along and just interrupt you. And just intervene and all that stuff. And usually God will send a preacher. God will send somebody with a gospel track in their hand and say, hey, I know you're busy, but let me give you something to read. You say, well, what's that? This is a gospel track tell you how to get to heaven from Georgia. Right? If you're going to get to heaven, you've got to go through Georgia. No, I'm just kidding. You do have to go through Jesus Christ, though. Hey, this is how, this is how you can know that you've got eternal life. Somebody just interrupted. All, all just, and you know what? There's not a whole lot of interest a lot of times that's generated by that, is there? Hey, let me tell you about a man that can wash all your sins away. Well, what good's that going to do me? That's about the attitude that a lot of folks have. You know what church has been reduced to in this day and time is, how can church make me feel comfortable? How can church alleviate my suffering? And I, I will tell you, what you can get at church, at a Bible preaching church, can alleviate your discomfort. But there's a lot of other discomfort to replace it. Absolutely. Bible says, through much tribulation, you must enter into the kingdom of God. You're not going to go to heaven. Listen, you're not going to go to heaven without trouble, without suffering, without heartache. You said, Brother Nathan, you're supposed to be encouraging us. I am. I am. It may not sound like encouragement really to begin with, but it is. It is encouragement. Uh, listen, the Lord can take the sorrow and the heartache that this world gives, and he can take all that stuff away. There is sorrow. There is heartache in the Christian life. But boy, the sorrow that this world gives, the sorrow that your flesh gives, and the sorrow that this world gives, boy, it's so much worse dealing with those things without the Lord Jesus Christ than suffering shame for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake. Absolutely, absolutely. But somebody get down there and just try to interrupt you in all your business. They're trying to interfere. You know, I just believe that I should mind my own business, Brother Nathan. Well, God didn't believe that. And that's why he sent somebody to tell you about the Lord Jesus Christ. He sent somebody to get right up there in your business and say, hey, what about this Jesus person? What about this religion thing? What about this spiritual, this matter of spirituality? What about this Christ question. I think it was Paul. He stood before the people uh, or, or uh, Jesus Christ was talking to his disciples one day and he said, what think ye of Christ? What think ye of Christ? What about this Jesus man? Paul standing before the people, he said, what then shall I do with this man who's called Christ? What about this person? That's the question that's offered this morning. That's the question that the Lord's wanting to ask you. That's the question that the Lord's wanting to interrupt your whole life with this morning. Yes, sir. Sure is. Sure was. And she got interrupted. She had this routine. She had this system. She had a program. And she was interrupted with it all. She came down to the, to the well to get her a drink of water. And somebody was sitting there waiting on her. And when she starts talking to the Lord, she really starts talking to him with a natural mindset. This is how the conversation starts getting brought up. 
He says, uh, give me something to drink, if you would. Uh, actually, he didn't say if you would. He just said, give me, give me to drink. That's kind of demanding from somebody that you don't even know. I mean, my mama taught me when you go talk to somebody that you don't know, you at least be polite. It almost seems like Jesus didn't have no manners. <laughs> uh, that's how I know that this modern-day Jesus who is being preached, uh, he, he's not the right Jesus out of the Bible. He said, hey, give me something to drink. She looks around. She says, you ain't got nothing to drink with. She said, you ain't got nothing to pull no water up out of. She said, and by the way, she said, I'm a Samaritan. You're a Jew. The Jews don't have no dealings with the Samaritans. You see what she's talking about? All she's talking about is what she can see in her own hands, in her own body, in the world going on around her. That's all she can see. That's the only thing that she can deal with. And a lot of folks sitting here this morning, and the only thing that you can see is just the natural. The natural. Uh, you come into this building, and what you see is you see brown chairs. They might be green if you look at them. They might be purple. I don't know what you see, but I see brown. You see brown chairs. You see brown carpet, and you see these taupe walls and you see this wooden addition over here and you see people sitting in here with suits and ties and blue jeans and ladies wearing dresses and that's all some folks can see. Some of you, you come in this morning and all you can see is you can see a preacher standing up and saying, you see words coming out of his mouth but you don't really hear what's being said. You know why? You're just living in the realm of the natural. You haven't got plugged in yet. You haven't really got to the place to where you really plugged into the spiritual side of things. And that's what he's dealing with this woman about. She's dealing, he's dealing with this woman. Hey, give me something to drink. And the only thing that she can see is Samaritan, Jew, well, water. And then all of a sudden when she starts going through all of this, this uh, monologue with the Lord, she starts going there and she says, uh, he says, if you knew who it was that was asking you for a drink, he said, you'd ask me for a drink, he said, because I've got that living water. And it's almost like when he says that, it just kind of goes right over her head. Look at what she says. Look at what she said. Let me find my place here. He said, verse 10, Jesus answered and said unto her, if thou knewest the gift of God and who it is that saith to thee, give me to drink. Thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. And then the, the woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence hast thou that living water? See, he done moved over into the spiritual side of things, and she's still hanging back here on the natural side of things. The Lord is now trying to talk to her about the need of her soul, and she's still hung up on the needs of her body. You know why a lot of folks don't get anything out of church? Listen, if you go on visitation in, in Charlton County, in Folkestone, Georgia, and you go knock on the doors of the people that are living in this town, they're, whether they're really saved, I don't know because I don't know their heart. But all I know is what they tell me. Hey, have you ever trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior? Oh, yeah, I'm saved. Where do you go to church? I don't go to church. Amen. Why? Well, I, I just quit going however long ago. And you know what? There's all kinds of reasons that people will quit going to church. But you know a lot of times what people will say? I just wasn't getting anything out of it. I'm sure you've talked to folks before. You've probably got folks that you work with right now. And you've been talking to them about the Lord. At least I hope that's the case. I believe that's the case for many of you. You're talking to them about the Lord. Talking to them about, hey man, why don't you get in church? Why don't you come to church with me? Well, I just... I quit going to church years ago because I just, I wasn't getting anything out of it. You know why a lot of folks don't get anything out of church? Because when they come and sit in church, they're sitting in a place where somebody's trying to minister to them something spiritual. And they're still hung up on the natural. 
how can this preacher teach me and preach to me about how my bills can be paid and how I can have better health and how I can get along with my wife and get along with my husband and my kids can be in subjection to me? How, how can I get to the place to where all these natural needs are met? And when the preacher stands up and says, it's a spiritual problem, folks just reach up there and they grab the radio dial and they turn it all the way off and they just tune him out for the rest of the service. That's exactly what's going on right here in John chapter 4. He says, hey, if you knew who I was, you'd be asking me for something to drink. And she's still hung up on drinking literal physical water. But he's not talking to her about physical water no more. He's talking to her about something spiritual. Look at, look at what he says. He, she said, verse 11, the woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hath thou that living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle? You know what she's basically telling him? Who do you think you are? That, that, listen, you say, how indignant. She doesn't know. How ridiculous. Man, who does this woman think she is? She's just like folks sitting in a church this morning listening to a preacher talk about the greatest thing that's ever happened to them. The greatest thing that could ever talk about it. And they're sitting there going, oh, duh. Oh, they, those hardened reprobates. Well, yeah, maybe they are. But the other possibility is that they're just ignorant. And I don't mean like you're stupid and you're a jerk. And I mean, just they don't know. They don't know. They're caught out somewhere way over here. You say, Brother Nathan, I'm saved. I'm saved. I have already drank of that living water. Okay. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 talks about a man who's never trusted Christ as a Savior. And he says, that's a natural man. That's what Paul the Apostle says. That's a natural man. But there is somebody who trusts Christ and they get saved. And he says, that's a spiritual man. And then there's this third kind of guy. And he's kind of an anomaly. He's a really weird duck. You say, well, who is that? Well, that's a man who got saved, but he's still living like he's a natural man. And the Bible says that's a carnal man. Hmm? That's a man who the Spirit of God lives in him, but the only thing he's concerned about is, what am I going to eat? Where am I going to sleep? And how can I be comfortable? You say, what's going on? A lot of folks, listen... Some folks have never trusted Christ as your Savior. Listen, I don't know who all saved in here this morning. But listen, if you're not saved, you're this woman that's trying to deal with Jesus when Jesus is talking about spiritual things. And you're this woman who's trying to deal with Jesus solely on the term of natural things. You ever tried, let, let me give it to you like this. You ever tried to witness to somebody and say, you know, Jesus Christ died for your sins. He paid the price so that you wouldn't have to go to hell. And they say, oh, I don't believe in God. What do you mean you don't believe in God? Well, if God's real, why are all these babies over in other countries starving to death? What's that got to do with anything? Which there are answers for that, by the way. There, there are answers. But that's besides the point. We're not talking. We're not talking about why people are going hungry. We're talking about why you're going to hell. One's physical. One's a spiritual issue. Ain't that the truth? I, 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 don't, I don't believe that there is a God. I mean, if there is a God, why is, why is there so much war in the world? Well, there's answers to that. But see, what, you're done, what you've done is you've hung, you've hung yourself up in the realm of the natural. And that's why a lot of folks can't do business with God. God, he says right here in John chapter 4, God is a spirit. 
God is a spirit. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. This God that you're dealing with, hey, this God that you're dealing with is not a God that you can uh, touch and feel in the sense of the same way that you go down to the Catholic church and put something in your mouth and they call that, that's the literal body of the Lord Jesus. No, sir, that's not the religion that we're talking about. We're talking about God's religion and it's a spiritual thing. See, what you've got is you've got in John chapter 4, you've got this big line drawn in the sand. You've got this big chasm. You've got this big break between a spiritual God trying to deal with a natural people. And here's natural people. Here's carnal people over here. I'm not saying that carnal folks is lost, but really in a sense they're on the same side. They're standing way over here and they're looking at this spiritual God and saying, that's ridiculous. Amen. Yes, sir. Hey, Listen. When a preacher stands up, listen, when a preacher stands up and the only thing that he preaches to you is God wants you to be healthy and wealthy, you know, sow your seed. And, you know, if you'll sow $10 worth of seed, you know, God will give you a thousand. That's a preacher that's preaching in the wrong direction. Hmm? Listen, there's plenty of direction and advice on how to have wealth in the book of Proverbs. There really is. You want me to tell you? You want me to just sum it up? Quit spending more money than what you bring in. But see, that's too simple. That's too simple. If you don't make $1,000 a week, don't spend $1,000 a week. Duh. Credit cards is not income. You do have to pay that back. Live within your means. See, I just killed the service right there. I just blew it right out of the water. But see, people, no, no, there's got to be some kind of magic bullet for all of my needs to be met. No, sir. Not until we deal with your spiritual condition. And that's what the Lord is trying to work this conversation around dealing with this woman. Well, hey, you're going to give me something to drink to where I don't ever have to come back to this well and get another drink. That's what she says, ain't it? Look at what she says. Look right here. She said, verse 12, art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well and drank thereof them himself and his children. She said, who do you think you are? Do you really think you're all that important? Preacher stands up and says, hey, Jesus Christ has the answer for all of your needs. And folks sit right there in the pew and they say, who's this guy think he is? Uh, nobody. Nobody. But I tell you, Jesus thinks he's somebody. Look at what he says. Jesus answered and said unto her, whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Then the woman saith unto him, bring it on. Ain't that what she said? Hey, I want some of that. Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. You know, that's exactly what people see in Christianity. Christianity is this magic pill that you're going to take and you'll never have to work another day in your life. Christianity is this magic pill that you're going to take and if you'll swallow it, God's going to put your family back together overnight and God's going to work your job out overnight and God's going to let you drive a Bentley and a Mercedes. You say, oh, Brother Nathan, we don't believe that. I guarantee you there's something going on in your heart and mind to where you think, well, if I could just get right, man, all of this stuff is going to be taken care of. And all it has to do with is just things in the realm of the natural. And that's as far as some people can get. First, Second Timothy chapter 3, we read it this morning. These shall proceed no further. Some folks, the only thing they can see out of the power of God is how it's going to affect the carnal life that they live. 
And I don't mean carnal in the sense of the bad life. I'm just talking about what am I going to eat? Where am I going to sleep? And how am I going to be comfortable? And you know what I believe happens a lot of times? A lot of folks get to a place to where they do trust Christ as their Savior. They trust Christ as their Savior. But they got saved really with some preacher telling them it's all going to be okay. And then they get saved and all of a sudden, man, things fall apart and things get worse. There must not be anything to this religion thing. Well, listen, if the only reason that you got saved was just so that it could alleviate your physical problems, maybe there isn't what to it what you think there is. But that's not what salvation's about. So here what you've got is you've got this lady operating in the realm of the natural. And you've got this God, the God, Jesus Christ, the God-man, living in the realm of the spiritual. And there's something in between them to where she can't get on his page. And she says, you know what? He says, I've got this living water to where if you'll take a drink, you'll never thirst again. That's what he said. She says, give me this water that I'll never thirst again, neither have to come hither to draw. See what she did? She took something spiritual and made it about something natural. And you know what the next word out of the Lord's mouth was? Go get your husband. She said, hey, I want it. Hey, this thing that'll put my life back together, I'm interested. Hey, this thing that'll alleviate my carnal needs, I'm interested. And Jesus said, okay, go get your husband. He knew. He knew because he told her, go get your husband. You know what it takes for a man, for a person to get into the realm of the natural and the carnal, to get into the realm of the spiritual? The sin question has to be dealt with. You know why a lot of Christians sit in church and I just, I just don't get anything out of church. You know why that is? Because you've got a spiritual God that's trying to deal with you in a spiritual way. And you've got something blocking communion between you and you. You say, what is it? Sin. Sin. You say, oh, Brother Nathan, you don't know anything about my life. I don't have to. I know what the Bible says. I don't have to know all the nooks and crannies of your spiritual life. I don't know how I have to know all the details of your life. All I have to know is that God said, God said, that's the way it works. It, it don't stand to reason. It don't stand to reason to me that there would be a God that sent his son to die for your sins and then would hold you at arm's length in dealing with you about things. If he sent his son to die for your sins, the only thing that I can think is you got something going on in your heart and mind that's, that's hindering you from getting to where God is. And it's only one thing. It's a sin question. Lord, I, I want to understand these spiritual things. I want to deal. I want to do business with God. And God says, what about this right here? What about this? Go get your husband. Well, I don't have a husband. And he said, you're right about that. Because you've had five, and the one that you got right now is not your husband. Now she changes the subject. It's amazing when the Lord put his finger on that situation. Now all of a sudden she can talk about spiritual things. It was about water first. It was about getting carnal needs satisfied. Now all of a sudden she changes the subject and she says, you're a prophet. You're a prophet, ain't you? And then she says, our fathers worshiped in this mountain. You see what she did? She broke from this <clears throat> natural, carnal realm of things. And when the Lord put his finger on her sin, she said, oh, 
Oh, this ain't about drinking water after all. This really is about this religion thing. This really is about religious stuff. You know what it takes for folks to get into doing business with God? God puts his finger on something in their life and says, what about this right here? Listen, you want to try to do business with a spiritual God who's trying to deal with you spiritually. And you're having trouble, listen, you're having trouble getting into that spiritual mindset, that spiritual realm of things. I can bet that the one thing that's keeping you from getting there is some kind of sin. I don't know what it might be, but it's something that God's putting his finger on in your life. And listen, you're not stupid. You're not dumb. Somebody may have told you that you were stupid in your life. Somebody may have told you that you were ignorant in your life, but you're not so stupid and you're not so dumb for the Lord to not be able to convict you of your sin. He said he'd do that. He said he'd bring those things to light. And I guarantee you, God got his finger on something in your life, or God has put his finger on something in your life in the past and said, what about this right here? And you said, hmm, I don't know about that. And listen, the further you push that off into the distance and the, and the longer you refuse to do with that, the farther God's going to feel like he's from you. The, the harder it's going to be for you to do business with this God who's a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Yes, sir. Look, look at what she says. Verse, verse uh, 19. She said, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. What he's telling her is it's an inward thing. It's going to be something that takes place on the inside. Ye worship... You know not what? We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. You know this lady's talking to him now about spiritual things. But even in her mind it's still something about physical. It's about a physical place where we're going to worship. When she brings up, when she tries to change her, her, her subject into talking about spiritual things, even that is touched with an element of carnal, physical things. Folks drive by People's Baptist Church and all they see is a cinder block building. Come inside and see the 1970s and 1980s wall paneling on the back of the wall, which I'm determined to get rid of this stuff. But that's what they say. And they say, oh, this must not be much of a church. You say, what is, uh, somebody walk in, I, I don't wear overalls to church, but Brother Mike used to, and I don't have a problem with that. There's one of our deacons wear overalls. Our other deacon wears jeans. Folks walk in here and oh, these deacons ain't wearing no suits and ties. There must not be much to this church. You say, what is that? That's somebody who's still operating in the realm of the natural. Yeah. Well, you know, all these people, you know, they just sit, all they have is this little song book and you know, a piano player, there's no drums, there's no electric guitar, there's no big screen with the bouncy ball. There must not be much to this church. That's what this woman's talking about. She said, hey, she said, you're a Jew, you say that Jerusalem's the place where we ought to worship. The Lord just says, wait a second, hang on. You got, you got your mindset entirely in the wrong place. He said, this worship thing, this is, gonna, this is an inward thing. It's something that takes place in the heart of a man. 
You know, a lot of people sitting in church this morning and they've got the drum set and they've got the electric guitar and they got the bass guitar and they've got the electric keyboard and they've got the little screen that comes out of the ceiling with the bouncy ball. And people will walk into a church like that and be enamored with all that stuff and walk away and say, boy, we really worshiped God today, didn't we? No, you didn't. No, you did not. No, you did not. No, you did not. You did not worship God today. You say, what you talking about, Brother Nathan? I'm talking about a carnal people, a people that's trapped in the realm of the natural, trying to do business with God. And you know what keeps people over on that side, keeps them from trying to get in touch with God? One thing. Go call your husband. I don't have a husband. Oh, you're right about that. You've had five. And you're shacking up with somebody right now. Did I just say that? I said, you're shacking up with somebody. Did you know that shacking up is still wrong? Hey, when I was growing up in this church, my dad was the pastor. I used to hear my dad preach about that on a regular basis. It ain't right to shack up with somebody that ain't your spouse. It's still wrong. But anyways, that was just a little extra thrown in there because we're going to have to preach on that stuff on a regular basis because Christians is now getting to the place to where that's not, there's not anything wrong with that. No, it's still wrong. And I'll tell you what that'll do. Listen to me. Listen to me. That is not just a statement of condemnation. It is a statement of condemnation. But what I hope that is, is that's inspiration for you to get right. Amen. Yes, sir. What that'll do, what, what sin will do, that's one particular sin. But what that stuff will do is it'll keep you trying to deal with a spiritual God in a carnal, natural realm, and you won't be able to get it. Yeah. Did you know that spiritual things, listen, did you know, when you see spiritual truth, Man, when the lights get turned on. Have, have you ever seen something in your Bible, opened your Bible, and God showed you something, and it's like, man, that was sitting there the whole time. Man, and it's like, man, it just opens up your mind, and whoa. Man, I've been reading through my Bible and, you know, zooming through, and God has showed me something. Uh, man, for the rest of the day, I have to just stop and just chew on that for the rest of the day. Man, that is wild. Have you ever had somebody try to explain something to you that they've seen that's spiritual and you don't get it? And you sit there and you're shaking your head, but in the back of your mind you're thinking, I don't understand anything this guy is saying. I think that happens while I preach sometimes. <laughs> I don't think it's because I'm spiritual. I think it's because what comes out of my mouth is spaghetti noodles, man. It's just all over the place. But folks are sitting there going, and I'm thinking in the back of their mind, they're thinking, what is this guy talking about? Hmm? You ever, you ever, that's what a lot of folks is encountering when they're trying to deal with a spiritual God. God's trying to deal with them. That God is, Jesus Christ is trying to deal with this lady in John chapter four. Hey, I've got living water for, for you. And she's saying, oh yeah, you got something that'll put me in a situation to where I'll never have to come back to this well and get me another drink. Of, no, that's not what we're talking about. I don't understand what you're talking about. Okay, okay. Let me open the door so that you can understand, so you can get on my page. Go get your husband. Oh, I ain't got a husband. That's what I thought. And the Lord deals with her about that. And you know what, Brother Curtis, when he gets down to the end of the passage, when he gets down to the end of the passage, this woman leaves her water pot 
And she goes back to the men of the city and she says, you know what she says? She says, come see a man who told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? That's a wild statement. He knows everything about me. He knew everything that I've ever done. See, that's the thing that you walk away with when you get saved. That's the thing that you walk away with when you really start doing business with a spiritual God. You don't walk away saying, oh, I got me a drink of water, boy, I'm so refreshed. You don't walk away saying, oh, I feel good. That, that's not what you, you don't walk away with, oh, we had such a wonderful sensation in church. Listen, there's independent Baptist churches not too far away from here. You can walk into those churches, and I guarantee you by the time you walk out, you'll walk out feeling good, but you won't get nothing. You'll think you got something because you walk out feeling good. But there again, Elvis Presley make you feel good. And, and I mean make you feel good. He don't make me feel good. Makes me feel weird when, if I hear him singing over a radio. People sit in a church and they listen to all this stuff and boy, they get a sensation and boy, we really met with God today. You may have met with the devil. You may have very well met with the devil. When you really start doing business with a spiritual God, the spiritual God that he is, you walk away and say, boy, he rung my bell. He got me. You don't walk away saying, boy, that preacher, he, he got in my backyard and he told me everything about no, no. You walk away saying, boy, God knows. God knows exactly who I am. Listen, if you walk away saying, oh, I got me a full belly. Boy, we had dinner on the grounds today. It was so wonderful. Well, I hope you got a full belly. But that's not dealing with a spiritual God. It's not dealing with a spiritual God. You walk away saying, come see a man that told me all things ever I did. Isn't this, isn't this who he said he was? Isn't this the Christ? Let me ask you something. Have you met him this morning? Have you met him this morning? Has he told you everything about you? So, Brother Nathan, I don't know what's between me and the Lord. Have you asked him? Have you asked him? Lord, I'm trying. I'm trying to get close to you, Lord. I'm trying to draw near. What is the thing that's hindering me and you? And I guarantee the Lord will say, right here. Right here. It's right here. Go call your husband. Whatever it is that's between you and the Lord, boy, if you let the, listen, listen, I'm telling you, God is so gracious and God is so merciful. If you let him point it out, if you let him show you what it is and you'll be willing to get that thing right, if you'll at least be willing to say, God, I know I'm wrong. God, help me with this thing. I'm willing to get it right. God, I need some power. I need some strength to get this thing right. God will start letting some things jingle on the inside again. Boy, I bet you you start seeing some things in your Bible again. How long's it been? How long's it been since you was able to deal with a spiritual God? How long do you have to go? How long do you have to go without dealing with that spiritual God before it affects you permanently? Yeah. Some folks is comfortable with going too long. Too long. Every head bowed, every eye closed. We're going to give you an invitation this morning. Listen, if you're far from God this morning, why don't you find a place to pray? Right there in your seat, there's altars down here. Why don't you find a place and say, God, help me. God, help me. Lord, I don't know what it is that's hindering me, but I know it's got to be something that ain't right with you. Why don't you just do business with the Lord this morning as he leads? God, I pray that you'd help us this morning. God, watch out over this invitation. We pray that you lead and guide, Lord.
God, have your will and way, Lord. You're a spiritual God, Lord, and Lord, I know that you take concern and take interest, God, in the physical carnal needs of men. Lord, don't want to imply that you don't care about those things. But Lord, the first issue, God, to be taken care of, Lord, when we're dealing with you is the sin issue. God, it, Lord, that is why you died. Lord, you said that, uh, Lord, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the gospel is the fact that Jesus Christ died for our sins, not died for our wealth and not died for our wisdom and not died for our health, but you died for our sins. God, that is the root of all our problems. And God, help us to be willing, God, to get it right with you, Lord, whatever it may be. God, watch out over us, Lord, as we have this time of prayer. God, Lord, help us. We'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. God spoke to your heart. Why don't you do business with him as he leads?